Nós estamos neste mês estudando o livro Bases This do month, Mundo Ardente, e desde o princípio do mês, esse world. tem sido And muito frequente. As month, partilhas, this subject has come up frequently in our talks, em que nós teríamos que we should really become attuned to this spark from the divine level, which we call fire. Nós somos muito habituados a estarmos conscientes no we are very mental, accustomed to being material, aware on a mental level, which is a material level, and on the emotional and physical etheric levels. The fiery level comes after the mental level, which is to say, There, the elements change, and there we are at a level of a world that is the field of manifestation, that is the field of radiation of this spark that comes from the divine level and which we call fire. So fire, from the point of view of this book, Basis of the Fiery World, is not this material element fire that we know on earth, the fire the book refers to and with which we as humanity should begin to get in touch, this fire is a spark, it is an emanation from the divine level of consciousness which for humanity is a very high level. From our perspective, everything that is manifested, everything that exists, that is manifested, is an emanation. It comes from the impulse from this fire, from this fiery energy. We know that this is not new. In the ancient books of India, of Egypt, of Chaldea, of China, of Persia, in the Bible, in the Kabbalah, Christ himself, all spoke of fire, except that humanity has never understood. This was never understood, and this spark, this divine essence that builds everything, is misunderstood as being this material fire. For us to get into this subject and for us to perceive this spark, the condition of fire, this igneous condition, the ancient teachers said that we could pronounce this word Agni as a mantra. Agni is the correct word to designate this fire. So Agni is the mantric word for fire. Now, when we say this word, when we have this word present in us, when, above all, we have this word in our hearts, because it is in the heart that the fire spreads and the fire expands with less obstacles and with greater purity. This can also happen through the mind, through thoughts, but as we'll see, there are more problems there, and through the heart, there are less problems. And when we have this fire present as a mantra, by repeating Agni, and knowing what we are saying, the heart is taken over by this essence. This begins to develop in the heart. And then this state, 
This fiery state begins to increase in our being. It begins to take on a certain form in our heart. This state corresponds to fire and is already quite developed in us. Now, all of us have this fire whether it is developed or not. All of us have this fiery spark in our being to some degree, in some level of intensity. It's not something new to us. What is new is for us to recognize that we are fire and not emotion and not physical body. In essence, we are fire, divine fire. We are divine sparks. This is very different to a being who is made up of several different elements, such as the human being. Without this fiery side of ours, without this igneous side of ours, we could not even incarnate. Neither the karma that determines how our incarnation will be, nor the impulse we receive to incarnate, none of this would be sufficient for us to be able to incarnate. In order to incarnate, we have to have a reserve of this igneous fire in us, available to make this incarnation possible. Those who do not have an adequate supply of this igneous spark, of this divine spark, have difficulty incarnating. Either they do not incarnate or they incarnate badly. And it all depends on whether this fire, this igneous essence that we all have, has developed sufficiently to make incarnation possible. So we incarnate through this. And when we incarnate, we have a certain igneous nucleus already formed in us. And the real way to treat children, the real way to educate children, the real way to work with children has nothing to do with what we say and what we think. Everything we do is secondary. It's all very important, but only secondary. The real work with children is to keep this igneous dimension, this Agni dimension, this fiery dimension of the being, not only alive, because this can fade out in the child, and this can be extinguished, and the child can become a less developed adult. In regard to the igneous state in which the child incarnated, so it's a question of not only keeping this igneous side of the child vivified, but also of increasing this fire, of intensifying this fire by means of what happens in daily life, the day-to-day -day occurrences. This inner fire is very delicate in children, as you can well imagine, for the child is not aware of this. And this igneous flame in the child, in the soul, that often has not yet even become adjusted to the body, this is very delicate. So those who deal with children should already have this work underway in themselves and it should be consciously formed within the self and consciously intensified within the self 
because this inner fire is transmitted, is expanded, is radiated. And those who deal with children, those who are prepared to deal with children, are precisely those who are already working with this fire in themselves. It's the soul that is already aware of this fire. It's the soul that has already been able to sustain this fire. It's the soul that is already working to expand this fiery state within the self. This is the being who can work with children. Nondescript beings or undeveloped beings, or those who are unaware of what should be done in regard to children, these are the commonplace teachers who teach geography and such, these teachers here on earth. But work with children is a work with fires, except that it does not deal with the children's fire by friction, the fire of the children's bodies. And therefore, it is not merely a physical kind of work from the perspective of these fires by friction, which are on the levels of the bodies, of the personalities. But it's work in which you work with your fires, your fiery world, together with the child. So then the child's own fiery world will be stimulated by means of this contact, this interrelationship, the child will have his or her own fires lit up by this joint work. It's very important to be aware of all the details, everything that happens to the child, because this fire within the child, especially before the age of seven, this fire begins to die down during childhood. It's during childhood that this fire will either increase or will die down. So when the child reaches a certain stage, if the fire did not increase, but if the fire decreased, the child will become an adult who will have very little fiery flame in life, who will have much less of the presence of this divine spark in life, because during childhood, it should not only have been sustained, that fire should not have been allowed to die down, as usually happens. Furthermore, it should have been kept up and helped to expand, to grow. When this flame diminishes instead of growing, the person generally becomes susceptible to the forces of evolution and obsessive forces can enter at an early age because in these early stages in which the soul has not yet incarnated fully, the obsessive forces have a much greater chance of getting in. And these obsessive forces are not always visible. These obsessive forces are very subtle. So a child can move out of childhood already filled with obsessive forces because the fire did not expand in this child. The fire diminished. This fire keeps on diminishing through small details in dealing with children, through the little incidents that occur. And then this fire dwindles. And it's not only the child who makes the fire dwindle. It's the fire itself that goes on diminishing. 
the fire withdraws because of the kind of pressure that is received from the child's everyday life, from education, from the child's environment. This makes it diminish, makes it dwindle. So then, when children enter adolescence, they already have a lot of forces inside that were not their own, that no one notices because nothing changes externally. It's all attributed to the child's temperament. Ah, you, so you see, these are the things from past lives that are coming out now. No, no, it's the fire that was dying out and the space was taken over by forces that did not belong to the child. So, it's very important for us to think about and to work on this subject of fire because we might have by our side, we might have close to us beings who are living the exact moment of not letting this fire be obstructed, of not letting this fire go out, but of having this fire fanned in order to grow. So this fire is lacking to a certain extent in almost all of humanity because in childhood, because during those periods when we should have been especially attentive to this, we were not attentive and we are not attentive because we are also not dealing with this in ourselves. We are concerned with the dimension of friction. We are concerned about our own dimension of fire by friction. We are concerned with our emotions, with our plans, our projects, with our human dimension. But this is not the individual's human dimension. This is the beginning of the divine aspect that exists in all of us. All of us have this. But we have to be responsible for this and not let it die down and not let this fire go out. If we aspire this, if we have the aspiration for this fire not to go out, the aspiration to keep this fire alight, this already brings a response from the fire. This aspiration, this will, this decision, not to be water and not to be earth. We will always be water and earth as long as we are in matter, but we must not be just water and earth and nothing else like almost everyone else. We are to be fire. This fire is to be there, present as well. This spark is to be there amidst all the normal elements. But our actions, our movements, our intentions would have to include this aspect, this divine spark that is in each one of us. They would have to take on this fire so that this fire would not diminish and would not go out during our lives. Because the critical moment comes in childhood. The critical moment comes in those first years. Then there will be a diminishing or a growth of this igneous dimension, this fire. And our thoughts produce something like this fire. So according to what we think, we either light up our fires by friction, our material fires, or we expand this spark. On an adult level, 
thought is the key for this to happen. So thought should already be at a level of control, at a level of responsibility, so that this can increase in the adult, that this fiery dimension, this inner fire, could expand. When one's thinking is well attuned to it, Many sicknesses, even the sicknesses that had been programmed, can be avoided or can be burnt away in this fire. So almost everyone has illnesses for lack of a certain intensity of this fire. Sicknesses are able to spread, to develop, to appear after we are adults because this fire is not sufficiently vibrant to burn them away. This fire is not sufficiently active, not sufficiently alive to burn away these residues, to eliminate these sicknesses. Let's say that there had not been sufficient contact with this fire, so we could not keep away a sickness, we could not avoid the sickness, so the sickness appears, and also to teach us something, to show us something. Look, this is why you are sick. If you pay attention, you will see why you are sick. So the main thing in healing sickness, from this point of view, is one's thoughts. If one's thoughts waver in the sense of not seeking this fire, if one's thoughts waver, that which would most ward off the sickness is lacking. Because the main thing to ward off the sickness is one's thoughts. And one's thoughts should contain this fire. One's thoughts should not carry negative energy. One's thoughts should not be a negative vibration. Thoughts have to seek this fiery level. Thoughts have to have this intention. And they have to invoke this level, invoke this fire. And when these thoughts are worked on during the treatment, this is what is mainly going to ward off the sickness, more than medicines, more than operations, more than anything else, thoughts. What happens is that in the healing, in the process of healing, these thoughts are lacking. So everything is left up to the doctors, to the medicines, to nutrition, it's left up to everything that is secondary because the principal thing to ward off the sickness is the fire in these thoughts. This divine fire is on a deeply inner level within us. And it is precisely one's thoughts that are the bridge. Thoughts gather up this portion of fire this igneous, divine thing, thoughts gather this up and transmit it to the body, and then the sicknesses are warded off. So this is a training, this is a learning process for us. So contact with this book, Basis of the Fiery World, is very important. This book doesn't say these things in this way, but the book builds in us an environment. This book puts us in touch with the fiery world, with these levels. 
where this igneous spark, this divine spark, is to be recognized and developed. Many of the right thoughts to start this work begin to emerge, for example, in children of the age of seven. So seven years of age is very important because it is around the age of seven that these igneous thoughts, these thoughts that gather the fire, that thoughts that are linked to fire can emerge. This is where these thoughts begin to come out. Until these thoughts can begin to emerge, those who are guardians, those who are working on this, those who are taking care of the child, no matter who, whoever is in charge of the child, whoever is with the child, whoever is dealing with the child, in other words, those who are collaborating with the child, up until this time, these are the ones who are in charge of this so as to create situations for this fire to expand, for this fire not to go out. Now, at the age of seven, the child already has the means to begin, and whatever happened up until the age of seven will determine the quality of the child's thoughts. If the child only learned how to think of pacifiers and dolls and cots, at the age of seven, how can the child have thoughts that will be able to channel or that can link with this great spark, this force? These are things that we are to work on with humanity, with the new humanity, with the humanity that is to come, that will appear. And this work should become more and more conscious. It should be the work that we do with the children who physically are the young humanity and in whom this process is taking place on the physical level. Now, as for the adult, adults have to keep their thoughts positive. They have to keep their thoughts focused on these levels in order to have the means within themselves to work with all these things. It's through simple attitudes, it's through small actions that we keep this work going. It's not with grandiose actions, but with small actions, simple attitudes, little words, that we light this up in others or destroy it in others. And it's also through your actions that you adults connect to these things. And it is through seemingly unimportant actions that you also cut off the connection with this type of thinking. Therefore, we have to work with our thoughts so that when the time comes to perceive this and to do this work, and if this work is not done in us, a great amount of our thoughts could be contaminated with commonplace thoughts, people's normal thinking. And this is a virulent faculty within us and which will result in all those infirmities, all those illnesses that beset us after we reach a certain age. And those who have reached their 40s, their 50s, will see 
this agglomeration of virulent things that were all amassed on the level of thoughts, they will see how all this starts to come down, starts to emerge, to appear, when the exact opposite should be happening, when these possibilities, these things should be warded off. If we are already becoming aware of and taking this work upon ourselves, if we are beginning to perceive what it's all about and if we begin to do this work, this divine spark, this fire, already begins to take over our thoughts. So then, it's not only the thoughts that pursue the fire, it's not only the thoughts that evoke this link, but it is this divine spark that penetrates the thoughts. Thoughts become regenerated. From then on, the thoughts begin to create our entire future situation. And if there is a strong thought here, a thought that has already been trained and a thought that is really fiery, this thought begins to build even this being's future stages, this being's next incarnation, or this being's life in other planetary setups or in other situations to which humanity has access. So, putting it simply, we can say that we already prepare our incarnation before incarnating. This is true, but in a very simplified way. From the igneous perspective, from the perspective of this fiery spark, from the perspective of these fires, from the perspective of this fire the book refers to, from this point of view, our future stages or our coming incarnations are being built based on our thoughts now. Your present thoughts might not be generating a situation or a type of life that can be part of this incarnation, but this thought is already being emitted. This thought is already reaching a level of organization of the rays and a manifestation of life that already begins to create all our future stages. So if someone is in a precarious situation, it was the person's own thoughts that created, not in this life, it created it before, ever since it began to think. So looking at this from the fires, these are thoughts that have to be regenerated, and from this point of view, we ourselves cannot regenerate these thoughts to the extent of creating for ourselves in the fires a life that we might live that is adequate for what the planet needs because our life is meant for service, for service to the planet, to the world. So we need to have lives that are adequate for this, not lives that hamper the action. Thoughts are what do all this. Thoughts create across lifetimes. So it's very important for us to recognize the opportunity, the right moment for this subject, and that we become committed to this. We really have to take this upon ourselves. What are our thoughts generating? Our thoughts are generating incarnations to come. They are generating circumstances that will show up in later incarnations. 
And when you get there, you don't know why all that is there, just as you don't know why so many things are present in your lives now. Everything was generated by those irresponsible thoughts, by those thoughts that are not aware of these mechanisms. Well, one of the things that these thoughts have to acquire, thoughts, mind you, and not emotions or our emotional level, thoughts have to acquire a willingness, a disposition to draw in those elevated fires. These thoughts not only have to attract the fires, but they also have to be profoundly ready, deeply willing to be transformed by these fires and become more creative in a broader sense in an almost eternal sense. And someone is asking, can we call on this fire so that it can burn away all that no longer applies to the evolutionary goal? Do you see? Here there are things that obstruct people's lives and that were created by these thoughts who knows in what past life. And so, yes, this fire can put an end to all this. It's the only thing that can burn away these things, these karmic registers, which we don't have the capacity to resolve in one incarnation. How can you, in one incarnation, make a change in your system of thinking that you began to build several lives ago? It's a lot. This is very crystallized. This is very solidly set. So all our intention to heal ourselves, all our willingness to transform this system, all our intentions should be united to our receptivity to this fire. Because this fire can cleanse everything. This fire can even cleanse that which entire lives would not be able to cleanse. And this is why this fire is different to the fires we know. How different it is to the fires by friction, the fires of matter, this ordinary mental fire, and not this fire generated by thoughts that are already linked to these levels and to these worlds. And besides having created all the situations in our karma, in our lives, all these dispositions, all this also creates our interrelationships when our paths cross so that all this work can be carried out with more vigor and with much more precision because alone we really cannot do anything. Now, yesterday we were looking at the exercise with the triangles. We saw that sometimes in life we find ourselves in certain situations in which we recognize a triangle. If you Pay close attention, you'll see how many triangles you form. And here we have to recognize these triangles because these triangles are not for the things that we think they are. These triangles are combinations, combinations of these fires and they add to our fire, other grades of fire that are in others. And they can help to fulfill all this. So with this, with this book and these studies, we took some steps in regard to working with children and we took some steps in regard to working with our own selves. 
Because without this work in you, it's no use your working with children, because you'll be just an earthly teacher like so many that exist and who are so good in different areas of teaching. But this is not what is being proposed, and this is really not the task. Do you have any questions? When we perceive that we have harmed others in thoughts, judgments, and action, is there any way that we can help dispel this with cosmic fire? For this, you have to let go of the past. Leave your past where it is. You make your attunement now, because this fire cleanses the past. This fire does everything on our level. So let the past go. You don't even know what you generated. You have to align yourself now. And this alignment will be the best possible. And this alignment burns away all that is to be burnt. It burns away all that is to be burnt. And this includes the physical body, this includes the emotional body, the mental body, and all the residues that are in the thought systems. Which is the best way of praying, conventional prayer? Prayer should be spontaneous. So someone can use a conventional form of prayer if for the person this is true, if he or she is entirely present in that prayer, then that prayer functions, it acts. But it is not the formal prayer that worked. What happens is that through the formal prayer, the person attains a certain attunement that permits the person to become linked to something and that something that the person links to that is functioning. But it's not the actual formal prayer. Some people still need the form and use their form because they still don't know that they don't need this form anymore. But as long as they need it, it is there. In time, people will discover that it's not the Our Father or the Great Invocation people will discover something that was generated within, and then they discover that they do not need that something to do the generating, that they can do it directly, and they can see that this way is much more effective. Because by using a formal prayer, people will always be thinking that it was the form that did the work, and it wasn't. The form helped it to come about, it created certain conditions. But if those conditions are created by the people themselves, the result is much more perfect, the result is much vaster, because it is much more authentic. The energy is more appropriate than the energy of a form, no matter how good that form may be. But many people still consider these forms to be their crutch, a good crutch, and it works this way for them. Now, as for the fires, our consciousness has to be different. We even have to have different attitudes. We have to have more courage, more courage and more responsibility to take the work upon ourselves 
This has a different impact in regard to the fiery worlds, in regard to these fires, in regard to this spark that should be increasing. Well, since you have all the information, you can become linked to this in some way. You can idealize this, you can aspire toward this, you can want this to happen. So then the process begins. From the impulse that you have toward this, there is no rule. You have to want it. You have to sincerely seek this, really seek it. That is, you have to want this above everything else and not leave this as just one more thing in your life, which can also bring about some effect, but not so real. All these things go in stages, but when we deal with this, when we deal with the fiery flames, many stages are greatly reduced, are greatly synthesized, because this fire, and I don't know if there is any other way of saying it, but this fire burns away everything. <laughs> 